All right, Jack. I had problems picking my intro music tonight. There's this Why one. Why is that? Right now, I'm playing Baby It's Cold Outside. Okay. Because that's still the dumbest controversy in the history of everything. You know what I thought about, though? None of this shit is new. It's just now people can post about it because people have bitched about stuff. They just didn't have as wide a form to start it to be viral. But, but I think the... Uh, it's funny. We can go back to... The, we used to talk about how creepy the song was on our on our radio show. But ten years, twelve years ago, Harvey Weinstein changed the game. Just like Janet Jackson's boob destroyed radio and the Super right. Bowl and censorship and all that craziness that happened. I think that uh, Harvey Weinstein started this movement where now it's if you're going to go at something, you can go at it now and make an issue of it, where it wouldn't have been an issue. Some people would have told you to shut up five, I, uh, ten years ago. I went on uh, Friday night. I took the kids to see She and Him, which is Zoe Dashanel. Um, and it was Christmas show. And they did this song. But what they did, she goes, we're going to make it so the girl's creepy. So it's okay. And so they just reversed the roles. And she sang what would normally be the guy part and the guy sang the girl part. Oh, God. And she's like, now it's better because, see, it's the girl who's creepy. Yeah. I think the most offensive line in that song is when he says, uh, shut up, bitch, and drink this roofy latte. That's a little right. <laughs> Other than that, it's just the guy trying to get laid. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. But I remember, I remember being on the radio and talking about, yeah. "Hey, that song's creepy." You know, like it's always been a creepy, well, it's creepy. song. The chick's saying, "I want to leave, I want to leave, I want to leave," and he's like, "Let's stay." Oh, like I want to make out yeah, with you. He was being fucking creepy. Have a drink. <laughs> drink this. And then at one point, the really funny part is she goes, "What's in this drink?" <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Even back then, I guess people were drugging drinks or whatever, right? Or was she thinking it was going to be a coffee and it was alcohol or was it a, a coffee with alcohol and it, he was, she was definitely trying to prime her with something to get laid. Right, right. Yeah, all weird. No, but and then, not with you. And, and that station who started this whole stupid controversy reversed it and now they're playing the song, so. Yeah. And they I still a, stick to my guns. This is not it, it's not a Christmas song. It's a hol- it's a winter song because it mentions right. no Santa Claus, no Christmas time, no Jesus, just oh, mentions true. it's cold outside. It's Is it from a uh, is it from a Christmas movie? I don't know. I do not know. Cuz I know history. it's from like a movie or something or a play or something. Some old-time dumbness. Yeah, so I mean, I but you're right. It's not specific to Christmas. He doesn't say I'm gonna give you my package. <laughs> okay, now I'm gonna play another clip of another Christmas song, which which I was torn between if I started with this one or started with the other one. But this one okay. deserves much discussion, so I'm gonna play okay. it. You're not gonna hear it, and, and I'm fast forwarded yeah. into it a little bit. It's okay. a very traditional Christmas song, "The Little Drummer Boy," okay, as sung by Justin Bieber. Oh, and is that the one with Justin Bieber and uh, a Will I Am? Uh, that I don't know. No, Busta Rhymes. Justin Bieber and Busta Rhymes. Oh, Busta Rhymes. That's yeah. what it was. Because I heard them play this on K Rock, and I was like, I did not know this existed. Yeah. So listen, I'm, I'm going to play the part where he comes out of the chorus of bum 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 bum, and then he goes into he changes it. That's like taking a Christmas classic and fucking flipping it up. So I'll play right. a quick, quick snip of this. Here we go. Okay, that's traditional. Now here he goes. Listen to this verse. Oh, it's a breakdown, Jack. You like dance right now. Dance your ass off. Dance, dance, dance. Spin, stop. Ooh. 
He says the line there said playing for the king, playing for the title. I'm surprised you didn't see this in the Bible. <laughs> oh God. And that was not Buster Rhymes, that was fucking Beaver. Uh, <laughs> and he breaks down and does like a rap. In Beaver's uh, defense, this is really old. He was super yes. young when he did this. He was a he kid. Might regret it now. <laughs> uh, but the okay. I don't know. You touch a classic. I, you always watch the stupid voice and fucking American Idol and shit. They're like, make it your own. You know, t- right. take it because all they are is big karaoke fucking shows, anyways. So they want them right. to make it their own. You don't take a Christmas classic and make it your own. You don't. Well, you know, and when they say make it your own, they mean sing it with different inflection or whatever. They don't mean change the lyrics. Yeah, they mean take a. <laughs> Nobody on the voice is like, let's put some uh, fu's in this song. You know <laughs> or, what the uh, little drummer boy needs? Some arrogance yeah. and some f bombs and a rap. Right. <laughs> oh. I mean, like I feel like David Bowie made Little Drummer Boy his own. You know, remember his version? Yeah, but he didn't change the lyrics. Oh man, yeah. So that is. Interesting to me to, to have the balls to mess with a Christmas Christmas classic like that. And I get it. Hey, if you wanted to rap Jingle Bells, at least you rap it all the way, whatever it is. And it, and it is what it is at that point. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's any. Um, you know what? I've been so far this year, I have not listened to any Christmas music. I've gotten really lucky. Um, trying to think if there's any like remake, modernized version of a Christmas song that's better, you know, or like I can't think of one. Yeah, but there are modern, what I call modern Christmas oh. classics. Like, if there's a, there's a Mar- Mariah Carey song that is just uh, her the song. The Waitresses Christmas Rapping. Yeah. I just heard that. I did hear that at the mall with the kids. And I and I told Lucy or whoever I was with, I was like, this song is now 35 years old or whatever. It came out sometime in the 80s. I wonder how much money they made. That The, the band, The Waitresses, had one hit. It was Christmas rapping. Yeah. It's a holiday song. It's been getting played for 30-plus <laughs> years. I wonder if that actually made them enough money to survive off of. But it's a it's almost a modern Christmas classic now. It, it, it is what it's, it is, and it's their original song that became a Christmas right. song. Which is smart. Yeah. I mean, they didn't cover somebody's song, and it's, you know, that's theirs. They own that shit, so... However much money it generates for that one month a year, they're pocketing and all these years. The uh, Run DMC Christmas song is another. That was oh, their yeah. song. Christmas in the Hollis Queen, yeah. right? It's a fucking great song, man. I love that song. There's a commercial right now that uses the instrumental of that. It's a car commercial. Hey, do, does the money from Do They Know It's Christmas Time still go to whatever charity that was? Oh, good Because that was also like 30 years ago. Yeah, if that charity even exists anymore. Yeah, it was to feed African kids, right? Yeah. And all those uh, all those singers are dead now. <laughs> oh, Bono was one of them, right? No, but it's uh, it had a few people on it that have passed. It had Michael Jackson, didn't it? Yeah. Do uh, they know it's Christmas? It had, it had oh, Cindy Lauper. George is still alive. Yeah, Cindy Lauper was on it. I think George Michael Cindy was Lopper's on it. Still alive. George is dead. George Michael. George is dead. Let's see what the charity was. Was for. Prince on uh, it? It was from 1984. Wow. Uh, I don't think Prince was in it. Let's see. It'll say somewhere. Prince seemed like a dick. He seemed like he just kind of did Prince shit. Yeah, he didn't really play with others, I don't think. Uh, he, But remember, he would find people like Sheila E. or whatever, uh, 
Wendy and Lisa, and he would bang them and start their careers, but he didn't, like, go do duets with Michael Jackson or anything. Oh, he hated Michael Jackson. Let's see. Uh. Back composition, <laughs> recording, who's in it? Style and content, release and promotion, reception and criticism, vocalist. Criticism? It had uh, Cool from Cool and the Gang, Bono, <laughs> uh, Pete Briquette from the Boomtown Rats, Adam, uh, Adam Clayton from U2, Phil Collins. Oh, wow. A dude from Ultravox, another dude from the Boomtown Rats, one of the chicks from Bananarama, two of the chicks from Bananarama, uh, uh, more Boomtown Rats, and that's because Bob Geldof like, created and stuff, and he was the Boomtown Rats. Boy George, a dude from Heaven 17, a dude from Spandau Ballet, a lot of guys from Spandau Ballet. God, this was so 80s. Uh, Simon LeBon from Duran Duran. It's also George very Michael. 80s and British. Yeah, well, I think they did it there, didn't they? Um, more Spandau Ballet, more Duran Duran. Uh, Sting was there. Uh-huh. Andy Taylor from Duran Duran. Uh, JT from Cool and the Gang. More all. So it looks like all of Duran Duran was there, and all of Ultravox, and all of Heaven Seventeen. <laughs> a dude from the style. Oh, Jody Watley. <laughs> Wasn't Cindy Lauper there too? I swear she was. I guess not. I don't see her on this list. Um. And then spoken messages on the B-side from David Bowie, uh, Holly Johnson from Frankie Goes to Hollywood, Paul McCartney, uh, Big Country. In a big country. But yeah, a lot of people on that. Now, what charity did it go for? Because That's a big song. I bet you're right that that charity doesn't exist anymore. Let's see. Uh, (laughs) It highlighted the famine in Ethiopia that was taking place at the time. Let's see. I'm trying to scan through this and see. Because remember, all the proceeds when it went on sale went to a charity. Now, I wonder if they take every year the proceeds and give them to a different charity. Uh, Yeah, that's true. I'm sure it, if that charity's gone, there's another charity it's going to. But that was the start of Bono being Mr. Africa. Africa! Yeah, totally. Africa! As far as I can tell, it, they don't really talk about where the money is going now. But you know that thing made it to number one. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen countries. That thing made it to number one. Wow. It's still a big Christmas song. It's still on a lot. You know, you still hear oh, it. Yeah, no, no, no. It still gets played. It is uh, certified platinum in Canada, gold in Germany. Platinum in New Zealand, platinum in the UK, and gold in the US. Although I find that no, no, they say <laughs> 2.5 million sales. That's that's platinum. double platinum. Yeah. So that's more gold. This is not accurate. Um, the thing about those, I don't know, those charity songs just seem like such a scam. You get all these really high end people to do them, and then where's the money? Really, you know, somebody got paid on that shit, and they had to pay. All the people that worked on it, not the singers, but... Do you know they did a Band-Aid 20, like on the 20th anniversary, which was November 2004? I think I do remember that, but I... Coldplay, yeah, I don't remember that, but it had all new dudes, Snow Patrol, Coldplay, Dido. Wow. Also number one. Um, They did Band-Aid 30, did you know that, in 2014? (laughs) That I did not... Remember that some had, type of a rehash, but I don't remember multiple rehashes. That had Bastille, Bono, uh, 
Ellie Goulding. God, I never Chris Martin, Sinead O'Connor. I don't not remember that in 2014. I'm thinking. I think we're thinking USA for Africa is the one that had Michael Jackson and Cindy Lauper and all of them. It was like the American version of that, and it wasn't a Christmas song. Yeah, was that that's a Sun City song? Was that the Don't Play Sun City one or whatever? Oh, I don't remember. Remember that one? Yeah, What's, charity songs are dumb. What was that one? It was about Sun City in South Africa, which was some, uh, like, like resort or city Sun City protest song. Let's see what that one thing because <laughs> it's all fucking stupid. <laughs> is a 1985 protest song, a protest song written by Stevie Van Zant, um, and recorded by Artists United Against Apartheid. That was it. Stevie Van was, Zant is a fucking strange dude. He is a weird dude. He is lifelong member of the Bruce Springsteen band. Right. He does his own solo shit, and then he was a fucking major character in The Sopranos. Oh, was he? Yes. He was one of the fucking guys in the fucking Sopranos. And then he had a radio show. And I remember when I was doing, I think I was, I don't, I think it was when I was doing the, the drug rehab show over at KLSX. Okay. He had a show on before us. And you'd see him sitting in there on like every fucking Sunday night. And it was just the most random fucking thing. Because he's a pretty big fucking deal to be right. doing a shitty Sunday night radio show in L.A. It was called Little Stevie's Underground Garage or something like that. It was yeah, some weird. Why does he even waste his time? I know because he, he's got a, he's got money. You, like, you don't be a part of Springsteen's band for that long and do your own shit and be on the Sopranos. You're you're pretty successful. Wow, he got a lot of people together for this. Although I don't totally remember all the details of the song, but he had um, Cool DJ Herc, Grandmaster Melly Mel, the uh, the Fat Boys, uh, Bob Dylan, uh, Herbie uh, Hancock, uh, Ringo Starr. Lou Reed, Run DMC, Peter Gabriel, um, Darlene Love, Bobby Womack, Africa Bombada, Curtis Blow, Jackson <laughs> Brown, and Daryl Hannah, U2, wow. George Clinton, Keith Richards, Ronnie Woods, Peter Wolf, Bonnie Raitt, Holland Oates, Jimmy Cliff, and many more. That's a lot of the shit. Was, yeah, there were a lot of people. But no, Mike Jackson, which charity thing was Michael Jackson on? Because I'm, I'm with you. I thought he was on one of these. I remember the video. Was it USA? So which one? I swear it was called USA for Africa. Let's see if that's one. USA for Africa song. Yeah, that is okay. And I see Lionel Richie. That's got Cindy Lauper. Let me find the Wikipedia. Oh, I see list. Huey Lewis. I see yeah, Cindy Lauper. It'll have a list of who's in it. Uh, okay. Oh, Whitney Houston. Soulless in order of appearance. Lionel Richie, Steve, uh, Stevie Wonder, Paul Simon, Kenny Rogers, James Ingram, Kenny Tina Rogers. Turner, Billy Joel, Michael Jackson, Diana Ross, Dion Warwick, Willie Nelson, Al Jarreau, Bruce Springsteen, Kenny Loggins, Steve Perry, Daryl Hall, uh, Huey Lewis, Cindy Lauper, Kim Carnes, Bob Dylan, Ray Charles. Then in the chorus was Dan Aykroyd, Harry Belafonte, Lindsey Buckingham, Mario Cipollini, Johnny, a bunch of people I don't know, Sheila E., Bob Geldof. And a whole bunch of other people. Yeah, that one was uh, that one was star-studded too. Yeah, it is very. Uh... And it was a charity single originally recorded by the supergroup United Support of Artists USA for Africa. I got none. This one was nineteen eighty-five too. Those were all nineteen eighty-five. All three of these charity songs. 
I think the, they did one UK-ish, and the Americans were like, oh, no, we'll fuck that up. And so then they went and oh, did their Oh, you're own right. Thing. Look at following Band-Aid's 1984, Do They Know It's Christmas Project in the United Kingdom, an idea for creation of an American benefit single for African famine relief came from uh, activist Harry Belafonte. So you're right. They said, hold on. Look what those Brits did. We can do that. We got way more famous people than they do. They got nobody from Duran Duran in there. They got the best they got equivalent to Duran Duran is Cindy Lauper. Oh God. Uh and um okay, now speaking of the youth and people and um uh them knowing more than like us old people. Mm-hmm. I heard a news story today, and I'm not kidding. A week ago, my daughter was in the car bitching to me about the very same thing, and I'm like, crap. YouTube, have you heard about all the pushback on the YouTube, like the recap 2018 video? Yeah, because it didn't include actual YouTube stars. It had recaps of a lot of shit that people on YouTube don't care about. Yeah, and none of the big you. In fact, right. not so even no the little boy, pie. but not even right. the number one, you know, all person of all YouTube, the little boy. Like, he's not even in it. Oh, right. The toy uh, yeah. reviewer kid. Yeah. And, and the Jake Paul, Logan Paul, those guys are like number two, right. three. They're not in it. But... My daughter was bitching about it, and she's like, it's so stupid. It comes out every year. It's never any good videos, and blah, 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 blah. And now, lo and behold, that's a groundswell of people are seriously pissed about it. And it's weird to me that they do that. And I think that, like, that falls back to you kind of having arrogance about you that, like, hey, this is our shit. We're the biggest thing in the world right now. We're YouTube. We know what's up, when really you don't. It's little kids no, that know what's up. It's I, young teens. I think... I think what it is is they're like, shit, we got to have some mainstream appeal to this. If we put PewDiePie and Logan Paul in there, no mainstream people. So they put like Jimmy Kimmel and, you know, they they did like mainstream shit and they alienated their audience trying to to go like be mainstream instead of going after what they kick ass in, which is 13-year-old girls. Yeah. Rather than super serving your core, they decided to right. broaden their horizons and fuck themselves. That's rule 101. <laughs> rule one, right. actually. That's, I'll throw a radio. They, they wanted variety. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta have to have variety. So, they, they either were arrogant or overthought it. At best yeah. case scenario. And... I, uh, I feel like they just really were trying to... to you know, like make it broad appeal and not so YouTubey, but YouTubey is what they are. But YouTubey is a thing. Like my kid doesn't watch television. She watches no, YouTube. Like that's it. She watches it nonstop. No, I'm yeah. with you. That's all they do. And that's a thing now for young people, but they're never going to get me to give up television or you. Cause we're fucking right. old no, and old, old guys. So we, they may get us to stream like do Netflix or Hulu or something. But we'll stream television shows and we'll watch television shows. Right. And, you know, it's funny. I, you know, I like those talk show hosts. I'd like to see the clips. But I'm never going to watch the YouTube 2018 recap. So they're not even hitting somebody. Yeah. If they're trying to appeal to me, they're not even going to hit me because I don't even think they'll look at that. Yeah, you would never. I, I'm interested in it now because I've heard a lot of negative shit on it. I'm like, what's the big stink about? But Yeah, I kind of want to see it yeah. now, right? I still wouldn't every- get it. It still wouldn't register to me. I'd look at it and be like, oh, it looked fine to me, but I don't watch right. YouTube. I don't. My daughter, ever, the little mall by my house is loaded with celebrities. We right. saw James Corden in there a couple weeks ago. I saw one of the kids from the Goldbergs in there. Uh, you see all these TV people walking around because they all live over here. So I'm walking through, and every time we go through, my daughter's like, see that kid? That kid's really famous. And it's always some right. YouTuber. 
that right. lives around here that's at the little mall walking around, and I wouldn't recognize a YouTuber if they smashed into me. No, for sure. And But no, my kids are the same way. Like, Dad, is that – you know, like, look at that. And I'm like, I have no idea, and I would never know. But these these kids are famous, and they're huge, and they make money, and they are not controlled by networks, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, I deal weird. with it even a little bit of work. There's these um, YouTube – guitar guys yeah in fact one guy really like jason richardson um he's like he does these shred guitar videos and he on came youtube? by and he's on youtube okay he gets like hundreds of thousands of views on him and makes a shitload of money he moved here from i can't remember where i was talking to but he lives in the valley and we we're he came down he was the nicest kid and he makes a living he's in in fact he was going to do something for me this week but he couldn't because he's off in london doing some videos with people he makes a shitload of money, travels around the world, doesn't really work for anybody but himself. It's a it's pretty he has a signature line of guitars coming out. Like wow. he's a legitimate celebrity musician who makes a better living than most of the bands that were on my old label, you know? Yeah. Oh, I bet he does. Especially all, not being in a band and being just a solo act. Eighty percent of the bands on my old label all still had day jobs because they needed to make a living. This guy's day job is his YouTube gig. You know, like he doesn't have another job. Well, think he about makes... that. The record company's not taking a cut. There's no marketing. There's nothing. You just put nope. a fucking. You just make the video and take one hundred percent of yep. the income. In fact, I was talking to him when I had him buy. I'm like, dude, get yourself somebody to rep you in sync because there's a lot of money in that. You don't need a label. Meaning, find somebody who will pitch your stuff for TV and film. Yeah. Because he writes original songs and, you know, and he writes instrumentals because he just makes these. He's not a singer. He makes these videos where he does these guitar things. I'm like, get somebody to rep that. You can make even more money and you just pay them. They they just get a percentage, but it's not like you're signed to a label and lose everything else. Yeah. But he's a super nice kid. I like him. He's a super (laughs) nice kid. It's crazy. And it's just amazing when you look at it, you know, because I also deal with real bands on labels and this kid's doing way better than real bands on labels. Yeah, absolutely. Well, remember the insane clown posse had, were their own yep. label and stuff. And even though they sell nothing, they made way more money than a lot of bands because no, they, they sold shit. To, okay. So here's how insane clown, uh, clown posse went first. They were on Hollywood records, which is owned by Disney. Then Disney realized, Oh shit, these guys are dirty clown rappers and they dropped them <laughs> and they got changed to another label. Well, ultimately, that other label dropped them, and they were like, fuck this. We can do it on our own. Now, not only do they – and this was back when you used to still sell CDs and shit. So then they got 100% of that. Then they started a label, and they signed other clown rap bands (laughs) and took a piece of that, and they started the – Clown rap bands. They um, started the uh, gathering of the the Juggalos. Yeah. Which is a three day festival that they own and make a shitload of money off of. Do they own Those that are, that Fago, that soda they spray? Yeah. Or they don't own that. That's they, that's like the Shasta of, of the South or wherever the fuck they're from. I say because I'd never heard of it before them. No, that was like our, we had Shasta, they had Fago wherever the hell they okay. grew up. Somewhere in the Midwest. They're or, uh, Michigan. They're they, them and Eminem have a huge beef. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. But those guys, I mean, let's look up the the net worth of the one guy, Shaggy Two Dope, is one of the guys. There's two guys who started the, but they took Shaggy. Yeah, they make because way more money than a than a clown rap group should make. Oh my god, they should have been a flash in the pan novel. They turned it into a brand that they own. Let's see. So his the one dude in the band's net worth is fifteen million dollars. That's not bad for a dude who clam raps. 
You're fucking Ronald McDonald rapping dirty. Yeah. Uh, and, and I mean, you, fuck, I wouldn't mind being worth $15 million. One of them got all religious, though, I thought. For a yeah, while. for a while. Oh. And they said stupid sh- uh, Let's. The other one's Violent J. Let's see what Violent J's net worth is. I'm assuming they're both the same because I believe they're even partners. Yeah, $15 million. Not, not a bad. bad to build a $15 million empire off of being rapping clowns and not have to deal with any labels. Well, think about it. That's at least $30 million because the two of them are splitting if they're both worth $15 million. Oh, I think they started their own wrestling league too. Oh, you're right. That was yeah, a while ago. founders of the yes. Professional Wrestling yes. Promotion Juggalo Championship Wrestling. Wow. And they have those wrestler guys at their at their festival too. I mean, it's crazy, but it was a, a genius idea on their part to take it and own it. <laughs> yeah, because they they did it before um, YouTube and uh, and uh, uh, Bandcamp and SoundCloud, where now it's easier for kids to make money. Like they had to do it the old fashioned way when they you know sell CDs and shit when they started. Oh God, yeah, that's. Now these kids just get streams and they make a shitload of money. They don't have to actually make, manufacture anything. Make streams, rap about banging hoes and taking zannies. Yep. And then next thing you know, you're a millionaire. <laughs> For a minute. And then, and then you OD. <laughs> <laughs> then you OD or go to jail. Yep. Yeah, you're either uh, you're Takashi 69 and you're in jail or you're little Zan in rehab or you're <laughs> little Peep and dead. Yeah. Not a good way to end being a, being a Xanax rapper. Nope. Oh, okay. On to uh, Christmas theme. Something I yeah. found. Um, I have a lot of free time on my hands. Well, sometimes at work on the overnight shift. And depending on where I'm working, I can watch TV. And I watched a... I was in the documentary section. And I watched... Oh, do they have Netflix? Uh, yeah. Because I was going to say, what do you watch in the middle of the night? Yeah, I got Netflix, Hulu. I got everything. Okay. So, awesome. And I think I was on Netflix when I watched this one. And it was a... And I only, <laughs> this is how fucking bad I am. It was a documentary on the Shroud of Turin, and I watched it because it was only 49 minutes long. Yeah, you were like, I don't want to be committed yeah. to something too long. Yeah, I don't have an hour, two hours, 49 minutes. That's good. I'll watch that. So I watched okay. it, and it, and I found it fascinating, just amazing. And I know I've seen all the stories that that's a fake, and they've done carbon dating, and the carbon dating made it what like What did this a, documentary say about it? Because I've heard all kinds of random shit about it. I don't really know what the... the they explained it as this is what they did, uh, the history of it, where it came from, uh, who has it, and how it's been displayed in public for centuries. Like at one point okay. in the medieval times, they would hold it in a town square... And just like they'd have a bunch of priests, and it's really big, holding a piece of it and holding it up so people could fucking stare at it. People are touching it, and it's contaminated from all of that. And it's got stains on it from water damage, and there was some fire damage from another time it was in a fire at a church. Right. And But they said that in the late case, so they did the carbon dating in as late as the 80s or 90s or something like that. It was pretty modern when they did that. I, I'm thinking it might have been the 80s. And that they and they showed the piece where they cut it out in the corner. But later, they, they did this more modern photography. Things been photographed a zillion times. In fact, the first time it was photographed ever is when they realized it's like a picture of Jesus that you could really see if, if it's right. truly what that is. And right. they, they – because it's a negative – 
is what's on the on the shroud. Oh, makes sense. So right, okay. so then when they photographed, they were able to look, and then they realized that they had a really clear picture. Yeah, they of, could reverse yeah, it and yeah, yeah. Of, of the person in there. So that was that was super cool, and uh, and this was early photographs, eighteen hundreds is when that happened, and so they got more modern stuff with uh you know UV lighting and all this stuff, and when they were photographing it later after the carbon dating, in the corner where they cut the piece from. It's a different color. And then they show throughout, which just means it needs to be recarbonated from another area of it. And I don't know if now right. the Catholic Church owns it, so that may never happen. Right. But uh, the thing is, it's been repaired. And they show you in really close-up photos in this documentary where they had people over the course of time patch it and, like, sew it and repair it because they these people have believed it's a very sacred thing. For a long right. time, they wanted to, to yeah. keep it nice. So, so they've been, and and they wanted to preserve it. So they would they would stitch it, and they would do all these things. And they think that possibly either uh, from the medieval times when they would hold it up in display in a in a courtyard, that the stuff that was on somebody's hands might have mis you know. And and think about it. That's when that was happening, twelve hundred uh, BC or, or twelve hundred AD is when that was happening. And that's what the carbon dating showed. They go, there could have been some contamination from a human form on that corner, or it could, in fact, be that they ripped that corner, displaying it at some point, and sewed in some new fabric or something like that. And they, so there's, there is possible doubt on the, the exact science of the carbon dating on that thing. And right. then they have blood on it. And then there's other people that say the way the blood fell, that they had to put, the the shroud on but there's a lot of compelling evidence for fake and for real okay and, and the compelling evidence for fake is that the way the, the blood fell that the, that they say and it's very specifically in the bible that jesus was taken off of the cross he was down on the ground they wrapped him up and brought him to the tomb and it, the way the blood spatter is on there they said this person had to have still been either standing or on the cross when they wrapped it because of some of the blood splatter. So there's a lot of evidence either way. You could okay. say I, I get it either way. But the one thing that's very, very compelling that I've I'd never heard of before, and maybe some people have, there is at the end of it the the uh the Sudarium of Oviedo. I have no idea what that is. It is yeah, I don't either. It is a, a Sudarium apparently is a cloth that if in the Jewish faith, if the corpse was dismembered at all or brutalized or not appealing to the eye they wrap the head in this cloth called a sudarium okay and they they wrapped it around the head and then they wrapped the body and put it in a tomb and in the jewish faith they had to bury they buried them really quickly after death okay this sudarium and this thing they know where it's been whereas the the shroud of turin has been Spots of history, they don't really know where it was. They, okay. they, they've traced it for a long time. And they know where it's been since about uh, just like a thousand years, maybe. They don't know where the Shroud of Turin was. Okay. So there's a lot of time in there, and that also adds to it being fake. But the thing that's fascinating, this Sudarium is a towel, and they, they know where this thing has been every effing second for the last 2,000 years. They know where this thing has been. And for more than 1,500 of it, it's been locked inside of a thing that looks like a a very ornate box 
with other okay. r- religious artifacts, and it's been in Who a church. This? It's in Spain. Ov- okay. Oviedo is a town, a cathedral in Spain, and it's been in Spain, and Spain has stood for a long time. Now, it's moved around Spain a couple times as Spain was invaded by others, and they would move it, but it's been in this box in these churches, and, and for over like 1,200 years, it's been at the same church, like the the the, the Oviedo, Oviedo um, one. So anyway, okay. this thing doesn't have a face on it or any image or anything. It's simply a cloth that has blood on it. And on the blood, it also has, but you can see where there was, uh, apparently if you die by crucifixion, some really gross shit, you, you in essence drown at some point and your lungs okay. fill up with fluid and all kinds of nasty stuff. And then the fluid starts coming out your nose and they showed where the nose was and where this fluid was coming out. And it showed how they wrapped it. And they even set up a, a, a mannequin and showed how, how it was wrapped, why the stains are this way, why they are, because it, they put that on when he was still on the cross and your head's leaning against your arm and they couldn't, wrap it all the way around the head because the arm was in the way. So they kind of folded okay. it all the way, then wrapped it back around and then wrapped it over and they showed the way it was put on. And this thing's got a lot of blood on it. And you can even see the fingerprints of when someone pushed it up to the nose to, to like wipe it, wipe up the, all the fluid that was coming out of the nose. Right. And you can see that and you can see the, the blood stains and, and where they were on the head. And it shows this person was wearing like a crown of thorns or something because there's a lot of little wounds all over that it soaked okay. up blood on as well. Now, the crazy thing is they've done testing and the blood on the shroud and the blood on the sedarium are the same blood. Huh. And these things have been nowhere near each other right. for 2,000 years and they know where the sedarium has been the entire time. They know where that thing has been. That thing has been documented. No one can ever prove it's Jesus, but it does show that there was they know there was a person wrapped in the in the shroud that no one can prove is Jesus uh but whatever those two documents who have been protected and guarded and safeguarded for thousands of years now were both on the same person right it's pretty freaking cool like i i didn't know that i thought i found that to be absolutely fascinating that all of that was still around and that i'd never heard of the scenario i think everyone's heard of the shroud Right. Shroud's very famous. I didn't know that they actually had samples of the blood from the shroud. Yeah, there's blood on it. So I don't know. No, I knew there was blood on it. I didn't yeah. know that anybody was able to test samples of it. Uh, they they know blood type and whatever, and they've concluded through their their research on the two that they are the same. Whatever these two things were, they were on the same person. Okay. Which to me is is fascinating. I love that stuff. So that was really cool. <laughs> and it is cool. Now I want to see more on the Sudarium because I find that that thing way more fascinating than the Shroud even. And the Shroud, they also proved in the documentary that people thought like, wow, how's there an image on the cloth? Like, was there some radiation magic Jesus was ascending into heaven? They kind of proved uh, what that was too. And at the time, and this scientist did a, uh, an example of it in the documentary, if you were sweating and he described the bacteria you would have in your body, especially if you're in distress and you're basically dying and you're crucified and you're in the hot sun and your body would have been covered in all the fluid in this one type of bacteria. 
And so he covered himself in that bacteria, which smudged it all over him. So he was good and slimy. He sat down and they laid the towel on him for 12 hours. He laid there with the towel on him. And sure as shit, it's like a photograph of him on the sheet. Okay. So that that's uh, possible. Not at all magic. Just right. You know, just science at that point, which is another right. thing that makes it all cool. So some of the science validates. Some of the science doesn't. The whole thing is yeah, and, weird. And you're right. The Catholics keep that under lock and key, right? So you can't yeah. even test it anymore. Yeah. Every now and then they'll break it out. It seems like every 30 years or so and let somebody take new photos of it. But uh, it, I think if there was any chance it could be proven uh, a fake, they would they don't want seal that it. To happen. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, you sure would think they would really want it if they could prove it was factual. The only problem is the only thing you're proving is it's it's not a forgery that's not painted on there or anything. That's right. the only thing you can prove. You still can't prove. No one can prove that Jesus was wrapped in it. You know, that's, that's the one thing you can't right. prove. But uh, if indeed it is. Could you do one of those 23 and me and see if there's modern descendants? Okay. They've said that's a big scandal in the Bible too. That they think the Catholic church has altered history. I've seen documentaries that, Jesus, uh, that Mary Magdalene, who is pictured in the Bible or in paintings of the Bible and mentioned all throughout the Bible and was a constant companion of Jesus, some say that she was really his wife. Remember, rabbis could marry. Rabbis weren't priests. They're they're like Jewish priests, but they could marry and have wives and stuff. And they say that he had, according to some scriptures that they found in some ancient scriptures, scrolls and stuff that he was married to her that that was his wife mary magdalene and that there could be living descendants of jesus out there huh which is interesting all of that stuff is so fascinating but we will never know but it is cool that something that old has been around that long and been protected that long yeah that, that it didn't get destroyed like almost everything else yeah like everything else and they are smart enough to go in now with idiots like i remember there's been idiots like isis throughout uh-huh. history they go in and destroy shit just because it doesn't match their beliefs. Yeah, or they're just like Tomb Raiders or whatever, and they're just looking for gold and valuables, and they trash everything else, you know, trying to find. Yeah. I mean, didn't that happen to a lot of the pyramids where it was just people going in looking for valuables, and they destroyed a whole bunch of other shit that yeah, was historically like hieroglyphs and stuff like that yeah. and writings and things that they could have learned from, whereas the other shit was pretty much just gold. Or- pried open sarcophagus and yeah. stole the jewelry and fucked up the mummies because, you know. Yeah, yeah. people are dicks. Yeah. <laughs> you know totally. what's funny? That hasn't changed throughout history. <laughs> nope. Always been that way, always will be that yeah. way. That's a that's a one thing you can bank on. People are dicks at all times. Yep. Wow, but that's been my thing for the last few days, watching uh, that documentary and then looking up stuff online when I am <laughs> have downtime. I'm busy as fuck at work now. That was my one oh, is it, is day. Is it really busy right now? Well, we're full, completely full, which is always maddening. And on overnight, you're by yourself. And I'm right. working in our mental health house right now, not our addiction house. And okay. it's completely full. And um, none of these motherfuckers sleep. <laughs> they fucking don't. I don't know how these people exist on no sleep, but they don't fucking sleep. They get up all night. 
And then they get up and make noise, and then one wakes up the others, and then the others are, and then it's like one after the other, after the other, after the other, and they're up, 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 up. And I right. got to deal with them constantly. It has been. Is gnarly. it busier too because of the fires? Did you get overflow from other places yeah. that don't exist anymore? Well, our sober living is full, and that usually only had one or two people in it at a time. And that's okay. full because the fires, the places that burned down where people had nowhere else to go and found us, and now they're in our sober right. living. So we are full capacity. And it's also sad to be full at the holidays. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But uh, they're all there. And of all the clients we have at capacity, we have one male. Huh. <laughs> and the whole fucking thing, it's all women right now. Oh, boy. So that's been fun. And I've been um, posting things, weird things at work. Did you see oh, my yeah, picture? So you posted some photos of some lights or something, right? Did, did, you know, it's so crazy. Like, I'm I'm full aware that it's not a ghost or anything paranormal or weird. But I'm not kidding. I look at that camera, and, I, and all of a sudden I look, and I see those two things, and I go, wow, those are like big rolls of – I think they're either giant rolls of paper or carpet. And our maintenance guy comes in middle of the night. He's always there before 5. And, he, and a lot of times if he has to do something like carpet or some type of thing, he needs to get in and get it done before everybody's up and, and groups and things are going on by 8 o'clock in the morning. So he'll okay. come in and work through the night and do it. So I just saw that and went, oh, he's putting that in. And then I saw him out there for a couple of hours and I never saw or heard him anywhere. So I went to walk out there. And when I went out there, those things aren't there. I'm like, what the fuck? And when I come back. I look at the camera and they're still there. And I'm like, I was just standing there. They're not there. He's not here. It was weird. And so I go, it must be some type of a lens flare. But what's crazy is that's a real steep hill that that camera's on. It's a the, the driveway. That's the driveway pointing down. We have a very steep driveway down the hill to the houses. And and the lights are exactly lined up to where they're looks like they're sitting on the ground. Like, if they were up, you know, off the ground, I would know, oh, it's just a reflection or some weird right. light glare. But it looks like it's laying there. And then last night, there was only one of those. There wasn't two. It was just one bar there, and it was there all night. Then the second you get the first hint of sunshine, like the the dawn is broken, pow, they're gone. Right. You know what it sounds like to me? It sounds like some kind of uh, dirt or smudge on the lens, you know, like of the camera. Yeah. Maybe I'll, I'll wipe it tonight. Light. When I'm walking in, I'll... uh I'll wipe the lens tonight and see what. Yeah, see if it are. cleans it off. Yeah, which which also would catch. And remember, that's infrared too because right. it's night vision. So that would maybe reflect back. You're right. If it's just like even like dirt or mud, it could also be ash from all the fires and shit. That's true. There's been a lot of that crap out there, and then it poured rain for however many days. Yep. Yeah. All right. I'll wipe it tonight. It, I, I'm knowing it's light or reflective of some type, but it could be. It could be light reflecting off of something on the lens. Or just they put in maybe another light in the garden. It's just catching something the right way. You know, the Malibu lights that run along right. the side of the driveway. Because that's another thing. I notice we have a sign in front of our building that's illuminated. And it hasn't worked since I've been there. And now since we're back, it's on. Like they. Oh, they, did they like we're fixing stuff and they actually fix that? Or? Yeah, our it must have been our maintenance guy must have fixed that when they were going over electrical trying to see if electricity was flowing to everything, probably when they were shutting the power back on. And that right. was on PCH, the sign. The sign literally is on PCH, and that thing is lit up now. I could you can find our driveway because it's dark ass neighborhood. So 
<sighs> that's been lit up. So they did fuck with the lighting up and down the driveway too. Right. Oh, uh, are you done Christmas shopping? Yeah. I mean, I only have two kids, so it makes it pretty easy. I haven't started. Did you get a tree this? Oh, you have a fake tree. Yeah, we got fake tree. And my daughter tortured my wife already with it. My daughter, when we got the fake tree, wanted the smell of a tree. So she went to Bed Bath & Beyond or wherever the hell it is and got an air freshener that was supposed to smell like a Christmas tree. And okay. it doesn't. It smells like fucking gross air freshener is what it smells like. <laughs> right. And she plugs it in by the tree. And she, my wife flips the fuck out. My wife is the biggest <laughs> dick about smells. Like, if you, we have candles, she, she'll throw them in the trash. If someone gives her, like, a vanilla candle or a cookie-flavored candle or anything like that, it's gone. It's out. She chucks it because she wants, <laughs> she hates that. She only wants, like, rosemary, like, perfumey, gross fucking girly smells. Right. And... This smell does not fall in line with that. And she smells it and she's running. What did you spray? What's in here? This is disgusting. Stop spraying that disgusting smell. And like yells at me the whole time. And then my daughter sits there and laughs. So I've since unplugged it and hit it because I'm getting sick of getting bitched out all the time. Right. Getting in trouble for the stupid thing you're not doing. Yeah. That my daughter's doing and finds hysterical, by the way. <laughs> Torturing her is, is her favorite pastime. <clears throat> you know what I have on Saturday already? Fucking volleyball tournament. Uh, oh, uh, uh, well, Lucy had a basketball tournament over Thanksgiving weekend, but she had one last weekend, too, that started on Thursday and went all the way through Sunday. There were such weird – I mean, it wasn't out of town, so it was fine, but there were games Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday, during the day, Sunday. You know, it's like yeah. these tournaments are weird. We – I saw our schedule. They showed the schedule for the year. We're getting weird when it's just our age group. Apparently, they do it every year for the 16s. Um, we're ha- on MLK weekend. We have you, there's certain tournaments you have to go to. They're called mandatory qualifiers, and okay. they sort those out, and that's how they end up with the rankings. And then then you go on. So we have like mandatory qualifier number two on Sunday of MLK weekend, and then mandatory qualifier tournament, separate tournament, three the next day on Monday of MLK weekend. So we've got two separate volleyball tournaments. So do you have to travel days. to different cities? I'm sure they'll be at Anaheim, uh, probably at the Anaheim we'll Sports Complex. The same place? Most of them are there. They could be one in Anaheim and one in uh, Irvine. That's where most of the tournaments are, so those, okay. two, those two facilities. But there's no guarantees. So we have two tournaments, right. two days in a row. On a three-day holiday weekend. Yeah, that's kind of a pain in the ass. Yeah. And then they just hit us with another fo- with another fee, which no one's happy about. Our club isn't a rich club, and it's been cool. They haven't been adding these fees, and now all of a sudden they added a fee that all the other clubs do where you have to pay an extra fee to pay for all the coaches' shit. We've never, uh, we never had to do that before. Okay. And people are like, what the fuck? Yeah. yeah no, they- I keep getting... Uh, Oh, we're going to go to this tournament. Uh, it's going to be $230. I'm like, what are you? Yeah. I just got this. I'm not kidding. I got. Uh, I need $230 last week. And I'm like, it's like Christmas time. And all of a sudden they're. Dude, we have a tournament in April. And they sent out an email tonight saying you have to book your rooms by December 27th. Paid in full your room. Oh, God. For April. Right. It's like, that's Four months fuck, away. That's, but it's. 
also, how about January 15th? <laughs> like, you know, right. get somebody out of fucking Christmas before you whale them with another. That's the time no one has any extra money. Right. No, it's ridiculous. Oh, man. I have my, um, what is it, your one-year wrap at work this week? I have to come in. Oh, you, your evaluation? Yeah, that's what it is. Oh, God, I hated those. I don't have to, my new company doesn't do those. My old company did them, and I hated them. They made us do self-evaluations? I hate that part the most. Guess who got all five stars? Right. This guy. Tell <laughs> us what your strengths are. What do you think you could do better next year? What should you be working on? I don't know. Like, how much do I throw myself under the bus in this? You know, like they've got to be very careful because they're going to get brutal, honest answers from me. As in the fact that I am fucking over their bullshit, <laughs> like completely right. over that. Like, I don't want to be there over it. They're getting, they're getting very honest answers. I hated that. And yeah. I used to tell my boss, I hate it. It's such bull. Write three goals for yourself for the next year. My job was the same every year. You know what I mean? I had See, one goal. To I get didn't radio have that. to play my songs. I'm I'm lucky. This is all rate yourself between one and five in this. Oh, this, this they this, didn't this, have this. you do that. We had no. to write. I'm not kidding. Three goals, and oh. then the next year you had to write how you how well you did on those goals and what you did to accomplish them, and then come up with three new ones. My number one goal is to be at a place that pays me more money next year. <laughs> God, I would make up such ridiculous bullshit. At the end of the year, I wouldn't have accomplished it because you were just making up shit. I had the same job for five years that I was there, <laughs> and it doesn't change. <laughs> I had bands. I had to try and get them played on the radio. That was my job. I mean, yeah. I don't know what else it did. That was it my was primary goal. Yeah, it was not dynamic. The same thing <laughs> happened every year. My goal next year is to be less hungover after the convention. <laughs> right. No, it was so frustrating. We had to end it like boss was like, I know it's bullshit, but we have to do it. And I'm like, this is ridiculous, though. It was the most time consuming, busy work. Yeah, it's true. And also I could get like a one percent raise, two percent. I was like, I I never I never in my time there got a raise where I saw my check actually go up. You know, because it was always like taxes. Yeah. By the way, and raises are like 25 cents. Like that's the typical raise now. It's no more cost of living raises. No, it was uh, mine was always a percentage and it was some percentage that was negligible on a, on a check. Have you ever been somewhere before where they gave you, I went somewhere and had a raise taken away because my check went down. It raised my tax bracket. Oh yeah. Because you kicked you up to another bracket. And yeah. so yeah, actually, so I got a raise and my check got smaller and I went in and I'm like, can you please take my check away? And actually this is where I worked. Imus was really fucking cool. And they, they, not only did they not take it away, they just gave me more. They raised it to the point where you actually saw yeah, a little Yeah, which was money. fucking really cool. They they yeah, were that is cool. they were super that, that kind of shit would never happen now. Now no, they would say fuck I, you and not take it away and not do anything if you like, get out of here. Right. I don't think there's any cool radio companies left and if they are they don't pay anything. Like yeah. I knew some small companies when I was at the label that were cool and like people liked them but they weren't paying anybody anything. Yeah, no one's no one's getting paid. I am no. uh still Getting rid, they're looking for a new girl for the radio show. We're trying to put oh, it right. on them. If it's their girl, we're thinking they will take more. Yeah, they'll have more stock yeah, in it. They'll have more stock in the show. So hopefully, we will get that going. They don't have somebody already at the station that they. <laughs> they're kind of square. Uh, they're, okay. they're definitely a different, a different sound <laughs> than what we were. <laughs> is it a cluster though, or is it just one station, or is it a company that owns a bunch? No, of it's stations? a big ass company. 
So they can't find somebody in their their big ass company that uh, this is. This guy's got some corporate title, and I'm sure he's regional. So um, he's going to want one of his people. If I think what he really wants us to do is just to have a show fucking canned, ready to go, that he can just throw it on and roll with it. Right. Just trying to avoid getting involved, but we're forcing him because we fucked up. We fucked up the show. Rocky did of getting it going, and then. When we came back, they were fucked, and now they're ready to go, and now we're fucked again because she left. So all of these are on us. That Doug McIntyre guy retired. Yeah, my wife said that. Is he gone already? I think they said his last day is this Friday. I think this week is his last week. I have to think, and I have not heard, but I have to think he's been there a long time. If we listen to him, he sounds old and out of touch compared to the other shows on that station right now. Mm-hmm. And either he's been there so long that he's actually making money. And they were like, sorry, bye-bye into the road. You're taking a pay cut. And he said, fuck you. I'll retire. Or right. he uh, was shown the door. Yeah. I was guessing that it was that, that his contract was up and they offered a low ball to him. And he said, you know what? I'll just retire. Yeah. A lot of guys, but there haven't been uh, this one Hubbard, I think, had some layoffs across the country, but there has not been the mass pre-Christmas slaughter like there usually is in radio so far. Clear Channel hasn't got warmed up yet. No, Clear Channel didn't do anything this <laughs> season. But there was Hubbard. Hubbard did some things not in L.A. I don't even think they own stations in L.A., but they did some stuff across the country. Yeah, some downsizing, but I haven't heard of any other companies. Usually this is when all the radio companies ditch their people. Yeah, just slaughter for the holidays. Lay them all off. I keep expecting Kevin and Bean to go. I mean, oh, it, God, I know. I well, can't believe that they they you know have they're still getting paid and. Well, here's what I know about that situation: the big boss boss there, they were they were on track and like being shown the door slowly but surely, and the big boss there had seized control and power from even Weatherly. He, okay, he right. Was, and then they got rid of him because that's a it's a one to two year job. The big boss there, it's all at last because they have unfucking, right. absolutely unattainable budget right. goals, goals that cannot be fucking achieved. So this right. guy got out, and then they brought in another guy who's like a fucking Weatherly fanboy. Oh, so now they yes, got- and he's all on Weatherly's nuts. And and by the way, as much as that guy, in, I have an insane amount of respect for that guy and all that he's done. His time has come and gone. He should yeah, have been gone no, ten, sure. 10 years ago. He should have been gone. And the fact that he's still sitting there running shit like he does as bad as it is at the job he's right. doing is insane to me. But yeah, so he should have done like so many other people did there who went on to MTV or VH1 or Dude, you know something bigger. Weatherly kind of. He was offered the job to be the head of the fucking Apple iTunes fucking radio thing. Right, which would have been awesome. And he said no. Which is weird. Mm. Yeah, that would have been huge. There's, there's other stuff with him. <laughs> no, I know he has other issues, but. Yeah. There's other stuff with that guy. And uh, he also, at this point, has to have enough money that he could retire if they just, if they got rid of him. Yeah, but uh, I don't know how recent was his I know divorce. he's been divorced and stuff. Yeah. I'm sure he's lost chunks of change along the way, but. Yeah, it's. All pretty nuts. Yep. Oh, man. Um. Then let me see. What else is going on here? 
Oh, Kathy Lee is quitting too from uh, uh, <laughs> Wow, uh, Kathy Lee and Huda. She is she won't be gone. They said until I don't know middle of next year or something. But she announced she's quitting that show. Is it hard? You think to drink alcohol that early every morning? And she can't. Her body know, can't physically get up do it and have wine every morning. Ugh. <laughs> That's a sign of a raging alcoholic, by the way. I can't I don't I'm not a big wine drinker, but I don't think I could ever drink wine before noon. Yeah, don't get <laughs> no, me wrong. Like, in a in a great heyday of partying, I could wake up, crack a beer or whatever, or have a vodka, like no problem. Right. But but not wine. Also not every day. No. Every day. Like you know, yeah. if we were out it was spring break, that would be breakfast every morning. But dude, they're doing that shit every day on television, drinking And they're old ladies. <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of old ladies drink wine every day in the Cookie morning. Cookie old ladies drunk on wine every morning. Oh, and sometimes you could tell they were fucking loopy. Yep. When when the when the clips go viral, they've had a little too much wine that day. Yeah. Oh man. I wonder if they got sponsorship on any of that. I'm sure they did. <laughs> they you know what they should have done? They should have got wine sponsorship all the way down and then rehab sponsorship and sent them, sent them both off. <laughs> Oh God, Kathy Lee. There were nightmare stories of her. Oh yeah, she, she was, was a tear. Yes, they said a fucking beast back when she was with Regis. Yep. And now you hear almost those same things about Kelly Ripa. Right. Yet I wonder. I wonder how it, it goes between her and Ryan. I would love. That's a reality show I would watch behind the yeah, scenes. Yeah, behind with, the scenes with Ryan and Ripa. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And the backstabbing bullshit that goes on. You know, they're both fake ass, phony ass. Oh, how are you? Then they're just, I fucking hate that fucker, that bitch. She does this. I just can't believe that they legitimately get along what we know of her and that she couldn't get along with Strahan, who seems like the nicest guy. And and we know Ryan's bitchy. So he's super bitchy. Dude, and Ryan not only is super bitchy, he fucked over Lisa Fox, who was. Pretty much his bitch, like right. for years. Years he fucked her over. At yep. the first chance, fucked her over. Later, and and the thing is too, Ryan. I mean, obviously as a huge, but Ryan Michael Strand came in there, and Michael Strand was a, a he was really you know good. an ex football player. He was, he was a celebrity, but Ryan is like a a yeah. you know five hundred shows and a production company. Like you know, he's not putting up with any shit. Yeah, Ryan's his little empire now. Yep. Oh. Uh, Fantastic. Yeah, you're right. I would love to watch the behind the scenes. <laughs> it would be. Someone's going to write a book afterwards. That guy Gelman, the producer, has been the producer the whole time that show's been on the air. Oh, did he stay even when yeah. Regis and all them left? Yeah, they bring him on all the time. Gelman. I, I, I've only seen that show with Ryan once, and I only saw it for about five minutes, and it was the day he had Ivy on, ironically okay. enough. I've seen it two or three times. Like I'll flip through and catch it as long as I can stomach it. And the last time I flipped through, that was him and Kelly doing a cooking segment with Gelman's daughter. And oh, then Gelman yeah, no, came out and, like, joined them. Huh. Yeah. Wow. Which means Gelman is the longest-running guy on that show. Yes. Which, I he's probably the EP, so he's running shit. Man, that's crazy. <clears throat> All right, it's time to go. I think I'm getting AIDS. Yeah, you go home and uh, or you go take your medicine. I'm gonna go take a shower and uh, get an AIDS shot and 
go no. to work and get attacked by owls and ghosts and rolls of carpet that aren't there. Yes. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and we'll talk to you next week before we break out for the holidays. So till then, peace out. Check off. Yeah, bye.